0: Hey, everybody, we are here to tell you about a cool new feature on the website that we would love for you to check out.
1: Head to to HowToSplitAToaster.com and check out the bottom of the page. You'll find a box floating there that says, quote, Ask Seth and Pete, close quote.
0: This box is magical. You just type a question in there and the robots behind the scenes will search the actual audio of our entire library of past episodes and not only give you a short answer to your question, but point you to the specific episodes where we discussed your topic so you can listen yourself.
1: At this point, we're just testing it to know if this feature should be a permanent feature on the website. We need your help for that we need you to ask a lot of questions
0: so head to how to split a and click the box ask seth and pete the robots will do the rest
1: on with the show
0: seth according to the national institute on alcohol abuse and alcoholism about 10 percent of children live with a parent with an alcohol use disorder it's just tragic
1: pete we hear this statistic all the time At the end of the day, the courts don't care about the statistic. The courts care about keeping kids safe. And when I mean safe, I mean safe from a party who truly suffers from an alcohol disorder or is being wrongly accused of having alcoholism or some other alcohol disorder. It's easy and it saves you money. Instead of he said, she said. There's Soberlink.
0: Soberlink is fantastic, and they are a fantastic partner to this show. So, what is Soberlink? Soberlink is a device. It's like a breathalyzer, but it is more. You blow into Soberlink whenever you want to prove in real time that you are safe to be with your kids at carpool, at drop off, at handoff, whenever you're going to be driving. You blow into Soberlink. It uses facial recognition to prove that you are the one blowing at the time that you are taking the reading. It sends it off to the people who need to know, people involved directly in your case, not to be used for publication, not to be used for social media. This just goes to the people who matter most for your case as you are collecting data. Soberlink Remote Alcohol Monitoring has helped over 500,000 people prove their sobriety and provide peace of mind during parenting time. And Seth, a word on the street is, courts love it.
1: Yeah, and it's not just when you're getting in a car. Let's be clear. People can say, Never gotten a DUI. What's the issue? Well, the issue is once you're home at five o'clock and you're no longer driving, but you're going to start cooking and having a glass of wine and that glass of wine turns into two bottles, that's now an issue. So it's not just getting in the car. It's when you the children are in your care, custody, and control, are you focused on them and not using alcohol? Independent third-party real-time verification to support your case. I haven't been drinking. Here's the proof.
0: Those are the words that lawyers and courts love. But here are the words you're going to love. You can save 50 bucks off your device and get started right away at Soberlink.com toaster. That's Soberlink.com slash toaster. Thank you to Soberlink for sponsoring this show. Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from true story FM. Today, it's toaster grab bag time.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Seth Nelson. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Pete Wright. Today, we're just taking listener questions. We have a whole bunch that might not be a full episode and Pete's going to be rapid fire towards me. Is that what we're doing, Pete?
0: I think we got it. Seth, we've got a bunch of these that have come in and thank you. First of all, so much. Don't forget how to split a toaster.com. You can submit your questions. Uh, we are gearing up for our break. Uh, but don't worry. Even when we're on a break, you can still submit your questions, how to split a toaster.com, submit a question. They will come to Seth just like these questions today. So here we go. Seth, are you ready? Ready. I never legally adopted my spouse's kids from my previous marriage, but I love them like my own. Will I lose the right to see them? Yes. Ooh, that was really fast. Check your <laughs> jurisdiction at all?
1: <laughs> Definitely check that your painfully
0: tris- r- Rip the band-aid fast.
1: <laughs> I've lived it. I've lived yeah. it. I was married. I became a stepfather. And when we got divorced, I had absolutely no rights to this child that has had me wrapped around her pinky since she's been Three. She's now 25 and still has me wrapped around her pinky, but we have a very close relationship. Of course, I'm close with my former spouse. And of course, I have, especially as her daughter got older, we've kind of reconnected. But think about it. Let's just do the math. Yeah. You get divorced, you have a kid, you get them 50% of the time. Amicable divorce. Things didn't work out 50 50. You get remarried. You're married for five years. The person who loves your child, the stepchild, as their own, you get divorced 50 50. Now you see your kid only 25% of the time.
0: Ooh. Yeah. No, I, suddenly fractions of a fraction start looking kind of silly.
1: Exactly. And so, especially yeah. in the
0: eyes of the court, who I imagine doesn't care.
1: That's correct. And you have no standing, you have no legal right to see a former spouse's child. Check your local jurisdiction.
0: Okay. So you, in your case, got lucky that you maintained a, a solid relationship with yours. And that's just a benefit of the way you handled your divorce.
1: When she was 16, she came to work for me.
0: Yeah. What if you do legally adopt them? Then you do have to deal with fractions of a fraction,
1: right? No, because when you legally adopt them, the other parent shouldn't have time sharing because they're no longer the legal parent.
0: Ooh, that's, a, that's really interesting. Okay.
1: So, they have no time sharing. They're not a parent, legally. You get divorced. It's your kid, just like the child was born of the marriage.
0: Okay. Fascinating. Okay. How about this one? What happens if divorce is against my spouse's religion?
1: You're still allowed to get divorced in the United States. The court will not make people stay married just because it's against their religion. This is a civil procedure, not a religious procedure.
0: Okay. That seems pretty straightforward. How about this one? My spouse is... Oh, this is dark, Seth. I'm sorry. My spouse is threatening suicide if I leave them. What do I do?
1: It is dark. It's scary. Um, Yeah, it's scary. One, talk to a mental health professional. Two, it's my belief Once again, talk to a mental health professional. Do not take my word on this. But you cannot be responsible for someone else's actions, period. Especially if that action is to commit suicide. That's not on you. How you handle your own behavior. So I'm going to change this hypothetical. My husband beats me daily and he threatens to commit suicide if I leave him. Now that seems more reasonable to leave. right? Because we have a rationale, we made a judgment call that you should not be beaten every day just to stay in a marriage just because someone shouldn't commit suicide. So I use very out there or bold or crazy hypotheticals to prove a concept to show and teach a concept and the concept is you're not responsible for that
0: that is its own form of emotional abuse using that threat as a tool in your divorce is its own form of abuse do you agree
1: i don't know if it would qualify as abuse and here i'm being sympathetic to the person who's saying it
0: Mm -hmm. so much we don't know about
1: Exactly. Maybe that's how they really feel and I can't do it. Maybe they have mental health issues. So abuse sounds to me with intent, but you can be abused if someone's not intending to. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, that's a little, uh, you know, sticky wicket there.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Sticking with some of the emotional uh, themes. uh, What if I can't be in the same room as my ex because of PTSD?
1: How is this handled in court?
0: Assuming you are a victim of past abuse, I imagine.
1: Well, victim or not, in what I was not clear on this question, because it can be read two ways, so I'll answer it both ways. Mm-hmm. What if I can't be in the same room as my ex because of PTSD? In is it because your ex suffers from PTSD In has all these triggers and does things that you can't handle, or is it that you're suffering from PTSD based on what your husband has done to you? Mm -hmm. But either way, if you can't be in the same room because you get triggered or based on their behaviors, if you don't have kids, this is not going to be a problem because you're not going to be in the same room because there'd be no reason to be in the same room. If you have children, we talk about all the ways, maybe this ends up being a parallel parenting issue as opposed to a co-parenting.
0: But what if it goes to trial? Like, how does the court handle this?
1: So you would have to look specifically about what is the behaviors happening when everyone's in the room. What, if any, impact does that have on children? What do we do to keep parties apart so we don't have those behaviors, so we don't negatively impact children? So both parties are allowed to attend a football game, but they must sit on the opposite sides of the stadium.
0: But both parties in the same courtroom at the same time there's facility for saying we can't do that because of mental health reasons?
1: No. You will be in court in the same room. If you're actually in the courtroom, if that's this question, you are in the courtroom. that's the question. You're in the courtroom, and there's these amazing people in there called bailiffs. And they have handcuffs. And they do exactly what the judge tells them to do. Okay. So ultimately, your spouse could be sitting there with his mouth gagged and handcuffed that he could kick the guy out of the room if he's not abiding by the decorum that's required in court. So there's ways to handle that. But if he's just sitting there and you're just sitting there,
0: you have to get to a point where if your divorce goes to trial, you have to get to a point where you can sit in court with with your former, former spouse.
1: Yeah. I would tell you, I would tell you, it would be, I've never heard of a case where someone says, I have PTSD based upon what that person has done to me, and I can't be in court with them. And, you know, you have your right to kind of face your accuser in the criminal side. You know, there are people who have been charged with rape, and the person who was allegedly raped is on the stand. That's PTSD 101, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying alleged. I could do any hypothetical here. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. local jurisdiction. One way or another, you're on the stand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. I have a shady or questionable past but I've totally cleaned up my act. But my ex is threatening to use my past against me to get full custody of the kids. He has old videos, proof, etc. Am I screwed?
1: Check your local jurisdiction. Check with your lawyer. I have found the farther back in time that any of these behaviors have occurred, the less weight the court will give them in deciding what to do with your children. Okay. So... Soberlink, sponsor of the show. Someone says, Judge, I am a recovering alcoholic and I haven't had a drink for four years. And I blow into Soberlink twice a day. Judge is going to say, keep doing what you're doing. Right? Yeah, you're great. Kudos. That's a whole lot different when you don't show up at court because you're too intoxicated to arrive. Or you show up intoxicated. So... Farther back in time, what were the behaviors? What impact did they have on children?
0: So 20 years ago, before you had kids. Not relevant. uh, Not going to be relevant. Okay, that's good news. Shady past, you're okay as long as it was in the past. My ex is threatening. Oh, here's another uh, shady past uh, picture. My ex is threatening to publicly post embarrassing photos or content about me if I divorce them. Is there legal action I can take to prevent this?
1: It's called extortion.
0: Sure, what it sounds like.
1: There are usually statutes, criminal statutes. So you could take this to the police, you could take it to the district attorney uh, in your jurisdiction and say, Here's what's happening. I want to get divorced, I'm afraid this is gonna happen. This is what they're saying. What can I do about it? Sometimes what I do in that situation is refer them to a criminal defense attorney. They're like, Why would you do that? You're like, Because they're gonna know those laws better because they've represented people that have been doing that and see how it's being handled.
0: Yeah. So there's nothing as a family law attorney that you would do explicitly in this case. You handle as the order, op, order of operations matters. Handle this one first because it's the most sort of present.
1: Right. Or I would file for divorce. Now, if you absolutely don't want these done and we have proof that this person is threatening to expose you on that, then I, I would be calling my criminal defense buddies and saying, we got a problem. I'd be calling the state attorney saying, we got a problem.
0: Okay. I found, out, I found out that my ex is a bigamist and has spouses in other states. Are we really married? How does the court handle this?
1: So when they say, I found out my ex is a bigamist, I'm assuming they're actually still married and not an ex yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, I found out my spouse is a bigamist and has other spouses in other states. Are we really married? Potentially Yes, and potentially no.
0: Okay, what goes into that?
1: So, okay, here we go. Typical lawyer answer, it depends. They cannot legally be married to more than one person, right? So what happens is they get married in Nevada, let's pick on Vegas, Mm -hmm. then they come to Florida and they marry you. Your marriage, I would argue, is not a valid marriage because they were already married. But there's criminal statutes on this. And so they could be arrested for being a bigamist.
0: Okay. So what do you do to like what it, what happens when you discover this in the course of a family law divorce?
1: I would just divide up the assets. I think we would lose all marital versus non-marital analysis. There's not a valid enforceable marriage to dissolve.
0: Right. The court just says, sorry, you're not married. Get out of here.
1: Yeah, but we have a house together. Okay. A lot of people own houses together.
0: So you can still help that, right? Like in the in the separation process, you still go through the separation of assets part.
1: Yeah, but it won't be. It could be um, a, dis- a division of assets not in connection with a divorce, potentially. Check your local jurisdiction. It could just be good old-fashioned property law. Yeah. So let's say they have a child together. Yeah. It's a paternity case. They're not married. A lot of people have children together that aren't married. And they're not married.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let You make it sound so easy, but it sounds really complicated to me. In this case, to check your local jurisdiction. The person who's married to multiple people might be breaking the law. You're not. You're just not married, potentially.
1: Right. But if you're the first one to be married to the bigamist, that's a legally enforceable marriage.
0: Okay. If you're first.
1: But if you're second, third, or fourth, potentially not.
0: Have you ever dealt with, have you you personally ever dealt with any of this?
1: The way you said that, I think you just asked not me if I've personally. ever been a bigamist. <laughs> this,
0: this, on the cusp of so, your pending nuptials. I'm, I'm about I'm so to get sorry. married, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I I am curious if you, in your professional capacity as a family law attorney, have ever dealt with a, a, a case involving bigamy.
1: I think I had one case involving bigamy years and years and years ago. And what was sad about that case, and I could be confusing or mixing two cases, is the lawyer on the other side. Was like, no, he's not a bigamist. No, he's not a bigamist. No, he's not a bigamist. And I got my client divorced. And then the lawyer married the opposing party. So after the divorce was over, the lawyer started dating their former client. And nothing happened during the pendency of the case. They ultimately got married. And he ultimately was a bigamist.
0: Wow. Oh, that's really sad.
1: And I don't remember if this was a case that I had. I don't A lot of re-
0: years, I, a lot of, I, lot of water I, under the bridge, sure. But I
1: certainly, certainly know that there was a case where a lawyer represented and defended a guy against bigamy, ultimately married that guy after the case was over, and the guy ultimately was a bigamist.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, Seth, Okay. speaking of unusual classes of divorce, uh, assuming most divorce cases are the same or fall into similar categories, says this uh, questioner, what qualifies as an exceptional or unusual or unique divorce?
1: That's a really good question.
0: you guys, Seth is literally rubbing his chin right now. This is this is a thinker.
1: Yeah, because all the issues in a divorce are generally the same. Parenting plan, division of assets and debts, alimony, child support, attorney's fees, costs, process. We've talked about peace many times. Mm -hmm. So when it says what qualifies an exceptional or unusual, unique divorce, it's usually an issue within the divorce or post divorce. But the longer you do it and the more you see these cases, you see more bats, and you see more pitches, and therefore they're not unusual or unique anymore. So,
0: so maybe the better question is, when's the last time you were surprised by a case that
1: walked in your door? I can't even recall the last time I was surprised, because okay. I've heard it all. So what I was going to say, yeah. though, is I haven't had a lot of cases that dealt with forgery of documents. Okay. But I've certainly had enough where I don't think it's unique or unusual, Right. I would say a bigamous case would be unusual or unique. I think there will be unique situations. I can't even think of a unique situation now that I'm saying this out loud because I've dealt with everything.
0: Tiger King was in your backyard. What if there was a divorce involved with big cats? That's got to be unique.
1: Yeah, that's just animal, animal law. division of assets. Will there be unique <laughs> assets that are being divided? Sure. Absolutely. There could be okay. artwork of some crazy kind, right? Yeah, right. People collect everything. So anything that's collectible, which is everything, could be divided. I mean, people say, oh my God, you must hear crazy stories. And I'll be like, I can tell you a story from last Tuesday. I don't need to go back two years.
0: Yeah, right, right. Well, it's all crazy to someone who isn't in the field. Yeah, so here's
1: one. I don't think it's unique or unusual. Let's see.
0: Let's see if it raises my eyebrows.
1: Okay. During the divorce process, you're at mediation. Mm-hmm. The parties leave mediation, living in separate houses, battling all day on mediation. They have to come back to a second mediation. But the night that the first mediation ends, they go out and they sleep together. Okay. Does that does that raise your eyebrows?
0: Kind of. No. Like it feels like. Oh, okay. We're we're in the we're in the denial stage. <laughs> right. And, we sort but, of regret that we maybe have gone down this path, and let's see if we're making the right decision.
1: But all day long, they're like battling each other and calling yeah. each other bad names, and I can't believe they're so greedy. And then,
0: <laughs> uh, did they ultimately get divorced?
1: I, I'm just saying that happens. I, yeah. Like sometimes they get back together, sometimes they don't. But yeah. So right.
0: humans are complex organisms, Seth. What are we? We think?
1: are. I don't know if I answered this question very well at all, so I apologize to the listener. <laughs>
0: Hey, you, you, you got to swing at them. When they come, you just got to swing. Okay, last question, Seth. Last question. This is another one for you to swing at. I'm excited to hear what you say. My spouse took off, and I can't find them to divorce them.
1: Is that a Consider unique? Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. No, this is not unique. In fact, we have a statue that helps you deal with this. It's so not unique. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this goes to service a process. Mm-hmm. Usually by the time this happens, it's been years. Very rarely do I hear, my spouse left last week, I have no idea where they are, I want to find them and divorce them. It's like, well, we grew apart, or they were on the road a lot, and then we lost track. It kind of happens over time. But at the end of the day, took off, can't find them. You file for divorce. You have to do what's called a diligent search. It's an affidavit that you have to sign in Florida, check your local jurisdiction, of diligent search to say, I've looked for them, I can't find them, I can't serve them to give them notice and opportunity to be heard in this divorce proceeding, what do I do? You can serve them what's called by publication. Ooh. You put it in the newspaper. I filed for divorce against you. Wow, now, where does that
0: go? Is there a section for that in the newspaper?
1: Yeah, it's the ads, it's the legal notices section.
0: You just post an ad, wow.
1: Yeah, it's the legal notices section, okay? And you would think in Tampa, you'd have to do the Tampa Tribune or, or the Tampa Bay Times or it's changed names, right? No, there's other publications that are deemed sufficient enough in circulation that you can publish it in there.
0: Like the Tampa Clipper coupon guide?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a magazine called Log Gazeta. It is or a newspaper once a week. The only, to the best of my knowledge, the only trilingual newspaper left in the country.
0: Fantastic.
1: You can publish in there. So here's what judges typically do when you come through and then you go for a motion for default. Because now they've been served by publication. You got to do it in Florida a couple weeks out. You got to do it more than once. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. you get an affidavit from the publisher that this went out in their publication. And sometimes the judges are like, did you look on Facebook? Did you do any social media (laughs) stuff? No, judge, we did not. Now I start doing my diligent search. Judge, we went on Facebook. We posted the ad on our own Facebook page. We Googled them. We did this. We did that. Judge, all right, default. What do you want? But usually when it comes to this, they don't know where they are. It's just like, okay, everything in your name is yours. Everything in their name is theirs. No debts, No uh, nothing. Everyone keep their own stuff. And it's usually a fairly simple divorce.
0: When you say no debt, how does What I'm just, saying is what if there's Whatever debt is your debt, it's your debt If it's their debt, cards, it's their debt Mortgages right. What right. happens, just, just as I'm poking at this What happens if the house is in their name? Joint name? Yeah
1: Then you'll end up doing a partition action probably If you can't sell it without them And then what a partition means, it gets divided And then you might it's basic, If it's in their name You might have to put like half the money in a trust account See if they ever show up. And it just sits there. Potentially. Mm -hmm. Check your local jurisdiction. I haven't dealt with that one. That would be unique.
0: That would be unique. Okay, we we got one. We got one. I feel like that's a great way to end, Seth. Do you? Are you good?
1: Sure, I'm good. If there's more questions, we'll get them next week.
0: We will. We'll catch up with them next time. Thank you, everybody, for uh, uh, submitting your questions. We sure appreciate this. And uh, it's always fun to hear what you have to say. Uh, about your own uh, divorce questions. How to Split a toaster.com. Submit a question. That'll get to us. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to the show. We appreciate your time and your attention. On behalf, of, uh, on behalf of Seth Nelson, America's favorite divorce attorney, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you next time right here on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships.